This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus reward registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay, welcome to the latest episode of Forever Bristol City podcast. The morning after the night before, it had to happen. The end of our unbeaten run, match 13. But it did happen against arguably one of the world's greatest sides, the current Premier League champions, Manchester City. The final score at Ashton Gate in front of a 25,700 crowd. It finished City, Bristol City nil, Manchester City 3. Joining me this morning are uh, Junior Tom, Green and uh, Mark, that is, and... Uh, Ian, uh, morning, chaps. Uh, we're, we're always disappointed with the defeat, but uh, for each of you, quick summary of the game. I'll start with you, Tom. Uh, disappointed, but not disheartened, yes? Yeah, I, I'm actually proud of the uh, performance we put in yesterday. Maybe because it was not our greatest performance, but it didn't lack any effort. And that's what I went into that game thinking, look, if we match them for effort here, I'm going to come out happy no matter the score. And I think we did, and I think we kept going. And we knew we were going to be outclassed technically, but every step of the way we, we tried and we huffed and puffed. But, you know, the quality of Man City showed yesterday. Yeah. Mark, your uh, your thoughts uh, walking away. I heard a few things, you, the tail end of what you had to say on uh, Radio Bristol, but uh, what, what, what did you think? I think it was the first half where we played great intensity and played some nice, nice football through the lines and created a, a, a couple of chances which we didn't take in the second half. Uh, Man City wised up to Alex Scott and really pushed the back three up so they completely dominated uh, possession and made it very hard for us to, to play out and create any chances and class told in the end, especially from the wonderful Kevin De Bruyne who, who, who ran the whole game. Yeah. Ian, Danny Wilson pretty much got fired after the playoff game in 2004 for saying defeat is not failure when we lost to Brighton that day. But last night, defeat was not failure because it showed, OK, the result was wrong, but it showed that everybody did play to almost the best of their uh, ability, would you say, Ian? I thought the positives were that we played well, particularly in the first half. Uh, 
Not so much in the second half after the substitution, but no doubt we'll come on to that. Great atmosphere down there. Good idea for the club, giving everybody a scarf. Um, Scott's performance, uh, they had Ian Wright, and I've listened to the game back on the recording, Ian Wright and uh, Roy Keane. And, and Roy doesn't give praise easily. We're purring about him. Callas's performance, I think, was a real bonus. He's come back as good as he was, which is surprising after a 10-month layoff, but it shows a lot of dedication. We're still unbeaten in the league. Yeah, There were no apparent injuries last night. We had a national audience to showcase it. Um, and we put a nice few bob in the coffers, which always helps. It'd be nice if we'd have won because there was 225,000 prize money. But all the other money, the TV money, the, the ticket money, all the money for all the um, vastly overpriced hospitality. But if people were willing to pay it, God bless them. Well, the Gallagher um, brother was there last night, wasn't he? It was a picture of him, or Neil Palmer posted a picture of him in, uh, in on the Twitter overnight. So I bet I expect he could afford four hundred. No, he was yeah, he was just in the away end. I don't think he had any corporate hospitality. Was he? Was oh, right. Yeah, he's okay. a Man City fan on Radio Bristol after the game. We'll listen to. I listened to it on post match, and yeah, they just he was just in 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 the atio, and uh, fans had some pit selfies, you know. So yeah, there we go. Anyway, let's get into the action. Starting with you, Tom. Um, game kicked off, bit of possession. Phillips onto the bar, early doors. Mares to Phillips, acres of space. Seventy seconds on the clock, as uh, Jonathan Pierce said in the BBC commentary. Uh, what were your thoughts there? I mean, Max was beaten all ends up with that, wouldn't he? Uh, yeah, I mean. What a strike that is, though. Like, to take the one touch, open up. I mean, Phillips is a player that has been on the peripheral for them all season and has been you know, in now, not really got the opportunities, really, because of the quality of Rodri. But when he struck that, I was like, oh, we are in for a game today. And that was a real eye-opener. Um, and it was like, OK, that's the quality. They're going to have all the way across the pitch. So, yeah, I mean, what a fantastic strike that was. I mean, Max... I'd, I'd, I'd like to think he had it covered because I, I think at first I thought he touched onto the bar, but looking at it back, at, um, he, he didn't. But I think it was managed, let's say, onto the bar. So I'd like to think he had it covered. Yeah, yeah. Well, City weren't daunted by that uh, early uh, scare, Mark, because uh, Sam Bell, uh, there was a slip, I think it was by uh, Aki on the right-hand side, or one of their defenders slipped, put Sam in the clear. Uh he lacked a bit of composure there, didn't he? Sort of sliced it wide. What did you think? Well, I thought he did, but he actually tried to curl it in the far mm. right corner and it was deflected wide for a corner. So um, I didn't see, obviously didn't get a chance to see it from behind the goal, but I thought it looked a blaze wide. But it, it, he must have got some... some it would be nice to see if he'd have got it on target, beating that defender. And it would have been interesting to see where it ended up. But no, it was, deflect, it was blocked. Yeah, yeah, in, it, 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 Ian, do you, do you think if that chance had fallen to... I say Naki in that position, you know, because he, you know, did did he hurry it? You know, did go for a corner, so maybe it wasn't quite as far wide as I thought. And Mark just said he tried to curl it, but that was a great chance for City early on, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, where we can improve radically, and I've seen this play radically better, is in the final third, and we had the same problem against Hull. If you look at how we started against Man City and how we started against Hull. It was almost identical. Obviously, we were more on top against Hull, but um, we we didn't convert it. The, the problem we've got at the moment is crosses and final ball mm. and composure in the box. And if we had that, 
we could we could have been i don't know at one point pep guardiola said we dominated for 14 15 minutes after they scored yeah so we could have we could have easily gone in at half time 2-1 up level. yeah or you know up. so so it, it's that we've got to have, but if we play like we did yesterday at cardiff and start that well we should be a couple of goals up at least by half time but we've mm. got to we've got to calm down with our crossing have a bit of composure yeah. And, and 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 put the ball in areas where we can smack it in the net. That one in the second half that Chad right. Sandwell had, he overran the cross. Yeah. Simple as that. Simple as. Let's uh, stick with the action and the goal, the opening goal uh, coming on seven minutes, Tom. Mares to De Bruyne to Mares cross, goal. Uh, Ali McCoy's called out um, Sam Bell for just taking his eye off uh, the ball for a second when uh, uh, De Bruyne released Mares. How did you... Uh, see the goal uh, from your position in the uh, in the dolmen I'm guessing yeah yeah e32 yesterday um I mean it was a move that actually we uh we like to do against teams I thought you know the the one two in the wide area then cutting it back across but I do agree with what uh, Ali McCoy said Sam Bell loses Mares slightly but it's fantastic movement from the Admirals he's a world-class player and for Sam Bell who is 20. Uh, you know, and we all know his stint at right back. But apart from that, he's a, a striker out and out. To be dealing defensively with a world class player, you can't have too many complaints. I mean, it's a fantastic ball across the box as well. And a really good finish on his left foot from Foden, I thought, into the roof of the net. And I thought it was a shame we conceded so early, actually, because. Mm. Uh, it's Do you think Foden had a bit too much space because it went right across the edge of the goal, you know, and, uh, you know, Tanner wasn't in a great position for it, was he? No. No, T- Tanner had pushed up almost to the six-yard box and the ball had gone behind him, which I thought was a bit a bit odd. But at first, I thought the ball would overrun. I thought Foden was going to miss it. But uh, his movement was, was smart at the back post. And, I mean, it's a good finish as well. I mean, that's so easy to, you know, drag it wide or hit it over the bar. But I think you could see it was... For me, that goal is all about just that quick passing for Man City, that yeah. boom, boom, tempo, and then to get it across, and it's a good finish, like I say. Yeah. How did you see, how did you see it, Mark, from uh, from your position? It was just too easy. Um, the one-two between uh, uh, Mares and De Bruyne, and he hits it into that corridor. So the central defenders are, are behind the ball, and Tanner's got a track Foden. But that's the quality, you know. You you blink, he's gone, and it's it's not an easy finish. Left foot across the goalkeeper from an acute angle, but you know, great finish, hits it first time. But really, Tanner's got to make it harder for Foden, and uh, Bell's got to try and stick to try and stick to Mares because it, you know you could you could see what was happening. Uh, mm. It was just a great big space behind behind him, uh, and then that's it. Gone once that ball goes across that into that corridor of uncertainty, you know. There's a, the, if somebody's at the other end, you're behind, and you play against those teams. They don't miss in the championship. No, they, don't. they miss. They don't miss, do they? No, no. Corridor of uncertainty. That's like Pomo's in it. Position of maximum, maximum opportunity, opportunity to coin a yeah. former man, manager of ours. Uh, Ian, uh, you were watching the goal from uh, the Dolman. Um, could it have been defended against better, or as the other guys have said, you know, it was just slick passing by? I mean, Christ, this is a top, your top global team we're playing against, not bloody Hull City or something like that. Well, you've got, you know, you you can't you can't switch off. 
and and Sam did, but he's not the only player out there out there to do it, and mm. who who didn't defend um, all that all that brilliantly. So you you can track virtually every goal every goal back to a mistake. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was a good good finish by Foden. I mean, a a championship player would have wanted another touch to come inside onto their right foot or jog back onto their left, by which time you get across and block it. And there were a few other occasions where, you know, Foden was causing problems, but we got across to block him. But on that occasion, we yeah. couldn't. But yeah, Bell, Bell, Bell didn't track his runner. And you, yeah. that's what you get when you play a central striker in a wide area. Yeah. No, that's that's very true. Ian, uh, sticking with you, uh, I say we're 1-0 down after seven, but we didn't wilt at that point. And a few moments or a few minutes after that, good claims for a penalty. I think it was uh, Lewis, number 82, who uh, slipped and Sykes got in there. Uh, and uh, well, I thought, I watched it again on TV this morning and Ali McCoy said, you see those given. And you look yeah. at the angle from behind the goal. I don't know whether you've had the chance to see replays of it close up Ian but was that yeah, yeah. Ma- Mariner giving the benefit of the doubt to the referee Mariner giving the benefit of the doubt to the Premier League side there well Mariner for me is a poor referee every time we've had him he's been a complete disaster um, I remember didn't he, he referee the FA Cup game against Swansea where he turned down at least two clear penalties this mm. season at Ashton Gate and I remember him years ago uh, when we played Swindon and uh, they had a player retrospectively suspended for mm. about six games um, for assaults in our penalty area. Basically, he was he was chopping people across the throat and all kinds of stuff. Um, and I think Lee Johnson was summarising it at the time with his uh, with his father. And he said, "Well, this this challenge was out the WWE, and this one was out of the <laughs> Ultimate Fighting Club, and this one was." And it was disgraceful. And the kid got a retrospective ban. That was Mariner and missed a bloody lot. Yeah. Uh, awful, awful referee. But, but he didn't give that many free kicks um, last night. I mean, they're only about... Eight and six, it was. Six, eight. We conceded eight. They conceded six, if I got that correct. Yeah, so, yeah. so what's that, 14? I mean, it's nothing unusual yeah. in, in a championship. But getting back, getting back to the incident in question... Well, I thought it was... It, yeah, it, it, it was a pen... But by the same token, Sykes was more keen to go down and get a shot in. And so he, he needs to, in that event, he needs to be stronger. And he was close to going. He should have at least got a shot in instead of going down. He did go down a bit easy, but it was a foul because you're not allowed to put your, your hand on someone's arm and, and, if you like, pull it down. Yeah. What so, did you think? So, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, was a, it was a pen. That's what okay. I thought. Yeah, what did you think, Tom? I mean, it, it was it was the defender's left arm that wasn't sort of it wasn't a bad holding back, it wasn't even a holding back. You know, I'm looking at the position, seeing it this morning from behind the goal, and they said Mariner was well positioned for it, and you know he thought, well, I'm not going to give Bristol City three penalties in a week. But uh, how did you see it? I, I thought at the time Sykes should have got a shot away at first. It's on its left foot, and I don't like it when players get in that position. They need, they feel like they need to get it on their strong foot. Just mm. it takes a deflection off Lewis's leg. It might keep and makes a mistake, but have a shot there. But you know he does go down easily. But there is contact there, and you would ask the question: If VAR was present, would they at least send him to go look at it? Yeah. And 
it's like that brings up a whole different debate. Would people want VAR in the championship? Um, and for me, I think it's coming. Um, but I think it, it's a 50-50 where you can't have many complaints if it's given, to be honest, because there is 100% contact there from Lewis. Yeah, no, there was. There was. And as, as Ali McCoy said, he's seen those given. Um, what did you think, uh, Mark? You were watching it. What stand were you watching it from? From the Lansdowne stand. Lansdowne. And let's okay. talk about the move because Sykes did really well. Won the ball in, in our half. And combined, gave the ball to uh, to, to uh, Scott, who ran down the left channel. And he was doing this a lot in the first half. Took the ball down the left channel. And Skykes is charging ahead of him. And this is a sort of aggressive play you want to do when you turn over. So, uh, Scott's making inroads. and But he's got a man to play the ball to. So play the ball inside. Uh, and he's in the area. But he should have got the shot away, like Tom, like Tom said. But there was contact. There was enough contact to send him down. VAR gives it. Well, maybe not because he might go with the on-field decision, but it was enough for a penalty. But he's looking for the the referee thinks he's looking for a penalty. He had en- he had enough time to get the ball away, but he waited. He waited. It looked like he's waited for the contact, and I'd love to see him get a shot away because he should have done. But it was a great move. We won that ball in the middle of the pitch against a good side. Scott gets the ball. Sykes charges on. And we open up that left-hand side and give ourselves a great chance to get an equaliser and waste it, unfortunately. That's what happened. um, Ian, the first half was our better half, in uh, my opinion. We had a decent spell after an intense spell of Man City uh, possession in the second. But looking at the first couple of other highlights, and people have already picked up on the in individual good performances, but uh, Callas was there with a header off the line. But you know he's you know when Atkinson's fit again, uh, Callas he's going to struggle to dislodge because he's put in two uh, really strong performances at the back there. And there was also a tackle that Cam Pring did when they were breaking away. You know, and he slid in like a bullet. I mean that level of commitment from both of those players. You know that's going to hold us in good stead if they can both stay fit, isn't it? Yes, I, I think, well, Callas, I've always said fitting on form, he's the best defender at the club. And last night he proved it. If you look at the difference, differential in performance between Zach Viner and Thomas Callas, uh, I'd, I'd give Zach, uh, particularly with the own goal, I'd give Zach a six at best and I'd give Callas an eight. Mm. I thought uh, Callas was fine last night. I'm obviously, I don't think Rob Atkinson's going to be back kicking a ball until October of this year. So, um, by which time make... Callas could go because if he puts by in which... performances like that, unless we offer him something that he accepts, he's going to be attractive, if not to a club in this country, possibly going back or going overseas. Do you think maybe? Well, clearly. Yeah. So, if, if, um, you know, if, if, if we can persuade him to stay on less money, which at his stage of the career of his career depends on his thinking, he might, you know, he could probably get a move to another club in the championship and stay on the money that he's earning at City. So you'd have to see, does he, does he want to do that? Does he want to uproot his family and all the rest of it? And, and does he, does he want to make that move? And, and I, you know, you, you don't know what's in, in the guy's head, but if he can stay fit, I'd, I'd love him. I'd love him yeah. to stay here because I don't think we're going to get a better centre back. No. No, you're right. You're right there. If he goes somewhere else, not only might he preserve the money he's on, particularly if it's a parachute club, 
because he comes without a fee, he's going to get a signing on fee as well. So you know, well, he'll a get a signing on fee if he if he signs another contract with City. You can do all kinds of deals, but basically, mm. if they're offering, let's say, 60 percent of what he's on, then it it's he's got to make that decision. Now, both Baker and Weinman decided that, that they take the deal instead. Now, we'll, well have to see, we'll have to see what, what, you know, I don't know what his personal circumstances are. Um, and, and I'm not, not, I'm not nosy enough to try and find out. No. So, let, let, but I really hope he stays. I mean, like I say, fitting on form, he's the best defender at the club. Simple as that. Yeah. Tom, uh, Alex Scott, shot window for him. Uh, he was trending on Twitter last night, I think, uh, certainly in the southwest, but uh, nationally, I think he was better in the opening 45. Uh, two things that stood out for me uh, was a dribble where he dribbled it into the box before it was sort of hustled away. If he'd have kept going, maybe he'd have gone down. And then he was well positioned in the box, uh, put in a shot that lacked any pace to trouble the Ortega in goal for Man City. But uh, uh, yeah, what did you think of Scott overall on the on the ninety minutes? But and do you agree with me? For opening forty five, he showcased such that he's going to get a twenty five million bid now. I would think in the summer. A hundred percent, hundred percent. He was better first half, but I think Man City found him out a little bit and found out how good he was. Uh, and then they started really pressing up on him and not giving him that time to turn because Alex Scott, Alex Scott's best trait is that half turn where he turns mm. and he drives at people. I mean, he did this one on Ruben Diaz, who is world-class defender, where he just did this little two-step two and he completely does him. And if you're Pep and looking at that, you'd be going, wow. And I know after the game, he was raving, as was Ian Wright and Roy Keane. But Alex Scott, he, if he does not play Premier League football next season, it is a travesty, in my opinion, yeah. because he is so ready for it. And in that first, I'd say, particularly 20, 30 minutes, uh, that was one of the best performances I've seen him have. He's on their wave. He was the on the same wavelength as their players, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, if he'd 100%. have had players around him like them, he would have shone as much, or wouldn't have looked out of place, would he? No, and that's what Pep said. Um, Pep said, you know, about how how good he looked at such a young age, and how he was so switched on to the whole game. He didn't look out of his depths, like in my opinion, some players mm. did. Um, and for a nineteen-year-old, I mean, wow. We are not going to see a player like him, in my opinion, for a long time playing for Bristol City. And I think, what is it, he's played, is it 80 games he's played now? 80 games now at Championship level. You know, and it's interesting because a whole host of clubs are being mentioned now. I mean, there was a flurry of Tottenham fans on Twitter last night, basing it on what they'd seen on TV. Wolves have been mentioned as well. Interestingly, Newcastle, there was a thread on Twitter yesterday saying that he could go to them but be loaned back to us for this season, which would be absolutely tremendous, wouldn't it, if that was uh, if that was the case? Oh, 100%. I mean, for me, you'd be looking at it and going, next season, if we... I'd be happy, in my opinion, with a £20 million fee, but a loan back for yeah. a season, because right. that is the best outcome for all parties, because Newcastle get the player long-term, but we get to utilise how his quality mm. for yeah. another season... Absolutely. Would you concur with that, uh, Mark? I mean, Scott's uh, performance, uh, you know, it, 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 well, it showcased his skills. I always remember a game back in the early days of Gary Johnson when it was City versus MK Dons. And uh, what was it? Dave Cottrell played a star and came in that. And 
about a week later, he bought a Wigan for two million. And you're thinking, Christ, you know, that was a lot of money. Uh, but, but showcased his talents on TV. He didn't do himself any harm last night, did he? No, he's a very mature player, doesn't hide and he doesn't run. He glides past players so so upright. Uh, he's got a good low centre of gravity, wins a lot of free kicks because he protects the ball, ball so well. What he needs to add to his game, he's got a, he's got a, he's got a kick through the ball uh, better when he uh, when he gets into those positions it needs a little you know a bit more composure we i think we're the only one of two teams in the football league who haven't scored a goal outside of the uh, 18 yard box that's this right. season that's that's a problem but he was the only player capable for city of breaking the lines that limited us but what an exciting prospect i don't really see from a buying club's point of view what is the point in loaning him back to us? It's great from our point of view, but what do they get out of it? I mean, they'd just be back in the same in the same position, uh, unless it's a financial incentive. I, f- I think he would benefit from going to, you know, a, a mid-table um, Premier League club. You know, you're like talking like a, you're talking like, like a Wolves, a Wolves, or a thing, or a Brighton, or Brighton, or or Leicester City because they think they bring some or very a good... Fulham. You know, because there's a whole clutch of yeah, yeah. I mean, it, or a Leicester because they'll lose they'll lose Tienemans and and possibly uh, more uh, possibly uh, uh, Morrison before 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 long. I mean, Newcastle. Yeah, are, Newcastle are positioning themselves to be a top six side, but you know, let's argue that there's eight clubs. There's, the Premier is in sort of like two divisions in itself, really. There's a top eight and the rest, isn't there? Yeah. Do you think the advantage of going to somewhere like Newcastle for us is that, you know, he's going to get a bit more experience. He'll have over 100 games on his record and then he can go back there because he doesn't want to be bench warming like Semenyo seems to be doing at, at Bournemouth and they're going to be playing at our level next season, barring a miracle, aren't they? Yeah, I think, well, I think he'll, I mean, he'd, get, he'd, he'd be in the squad regularly and would get games for the likes of Wolves and possibly Brighton and, and, and Leicester, you know, mm-hmm. with, a, with a coach like Brendan Rodgers, I think, and his, his team, I think he'd uh, he'd come on leaks and bounds. Yeah. In the remainder of the season, we, I want to see him more composure when he gets into those shooting areas because he can shoot. He hasn't scored a goal this this season. We want want the he did got one against West Brom. He needs yeah he needs to step on from here because he's the most yeah. exciting player that we got. And against uh, you know for the rest of the season he'll have the likes of Anis Mimeti as well. But yeah. what we lack is a player like Cal Naismith to play those passes, those quick passes, because we didn't play, the, 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 you know, Joe Williams passing last night was poor into yeah. those areas. Well, we'll talk about, let's talk better. about the, let's talk about yeah. certain individuals, what have you, when we've finished the action, but just to finish the, the talking about Scott as an individual, just going against what I said, Ian, um, you know, the couple of the guys said, can't see a loan back happening, but, you know, that would be great for the club if we sold him for 20 mil and then we got him back. So we had the money in the bank and we had him for another season. Do you think that's feasible? It makes sense, even though the others say, why would a club do it? It has been done before. It has. And, and where would Alex... I mean, it depends where the club is that signs him. If, if he goes to a top four club, he's not going to get in their first team. No. Right, so before I know we're all extolling his virtues and all the rest of it, but there's a a lot where he needs to improve, and to do that, he needs to be playing first team football. Mm. You know, it's no good going to Chelsea and disappearing into the under under their under twenty one side, or being pumped out on loan to some outfit in some second rate outfit in Belgium. That's not going to do his career any good. 
So he, he needs to make that that conscious decision. Um, and obviously with his with his advisors and to all intents and purposes, you hear him speak and he seems quite a level-headed lad, in fact, very yeah. mature for his age. So would it would it benefit them? I mean, if he goes to a lower Prem team, let's say he went to Wolves, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Wolves could get relegated this season. I don't think they will. No. Um, with Lopetegui there now, but that's possible. Now, no. we, we know Semenyo is probably going to play, be playing, champ, very likely going to be playing championship football next season. Yeah. So, no, definitely. It, no, I, I would think a club like Chelsea or Tottenham or let's say any top eight club would be able to loan him back for the season. The advantage for them, you say, why would they do it? The advantage for them is they get him, they get him, he's their player now and he'd sign a five-year contract or whatever, which means... Uh, well, yeah, 19, so he'd be 24 when he came out with that and possibly playing for England. Now, if let's say next season he, he really does have a golden season like the one Andy Vyman had for us last season. Mm. Yeah? And what's his value going to be then? And, and at that point, Bristol City could be in the Premier League and all of a sudden, a uh, little bit like uh, when Norwich got promoted, the first thing they did was sell Buendia for 42 million to Villa. They wouldn't mm. have sold him for 42 million as a championship club, but no, as soon as they got promoted to the Premier League, they could say, well, you know, we can hang on to him, we can pay the wages he wants. So if you want him, you're going to have to write out an even bigger cheque. And if you do it's- sign him, you're keeping him, you're putting him in the bag and keeping him from your other clubs, which is what Man well, you've City got che- and Chelsea I mean, sign moment, players to stop opposition getting them. Well, okay, moment, let's get... Chelsea are just Chelsea are just collecting footballers at the moment. To, yeah. to seems that no pattern. They're just good young players. Well, and yeah, Mark Ashton's great. not even on their uh, executive well, leadership team. Well, there, hang is on he? a minute. You can't, but players. you can't play. You can't play forty players, and the um the there's going to be a lot of dissatisfied players at that club because they're not getting football. So I don't see Scotty going to one of those clubs. But let's say he went to a, a Brighton or somewhere like that. Is he going to get regular football there and get in there in midfield? The answer to that is not really. He's probably going to be on the bench and make substitute appearances, certainly to start mm-hmm. with. So he needs to be playing regular football and uh, a sell in a loan back might get everybody what they want, but we need to get our transfer business done. All right. Before well, we'll talk we talk about any that. I don't that know any, because otherwise, heard. Yeah. everybody, hang on, everybody that we go to for a player, all of a sudden the £700,000 player is going to be a £2 million player. If they oh, absolutely, yeah. £30 oh, million sure. in the bin for Scott. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right there, uh, Ian. Absolutely right. Uh, let's stick uh, with the action and uh, I will come back to club summer close season business because I don't know whether anybody heard uh, Jeff interview uh, uh, um, Brian Tinian before the game last night, but I'll come on to that later. Uh, into the second half, uh, Tom, uh, and uh, it, it was a lot of Manchester City possession. We made a half-time substitution of Andy Vyman uh, coming on. Uh, the only thing of note, which is contrary to what one of the people wrote on the uh, text feed here on the, on this uh, episode, uh, the only thing of note that Vyman did was where Scott got the ball down in the corner flag and flicked it, and Vyman put in the cross that uh, Sam Bell... Uh, was there uh, with a header. And I think Ian said earlier that he got maybe too far in front of the ball. But uh, 
that was really our only chance in the second half, wasn't it? Because they were they dominated possession for an incredibly long period, Tom, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, second half up until about 55, 56 minutes, I can't remember too many touches of the ball we had because what they're so good at is shifting it and keeping possession. They'll just shift it from one side to the other and they'll wait for you to make the move to attempt to press and then they'll play through your press and three or four passes and get in behind. But, you know, Vyman, for me, I understood why he came on. It's a bit of a shame Sykes had to go right back because, for me, I don't Do you think, think that was to protect Tanner, who was getting exposed a bit? Because they did seem to be hitting long balls across there and, you know, he wasn't tight on Foden for the goal. Do you think it was a little bit yeah. of that about it, knowing that Sykes can play at right back, although not yeah. a natural position? I, I felt for Tanner yesterday because he looked a little bit out of his depth in the first half, mm. but... He is against Phil Foden, who in that first half, how good was he? I mean, unbelievable. And he is an elite winger. And George Tanner, you know, is, was playing for Carlisle a few seasons ago. So, obviously, he's going to have a really challenging game. But, uh, he, like you say, I think he's protecting Tanner a little bit. But I think he wanted the experience and the, the pace of Vyman to come on. But, like you alluded to before you were... Uh, before we started, was it a sentimental sub? Did you did he feel like he had to get the captain on, like he did with Andy King? Did he feel like King had to come on because he's a Bristol City fan? Well, not with eighty nine oh. minutes less. So. I thought it was a bit naff in the paper yesterday, to be honest, or in Bristol Live, whatever it's called these days. At King, uh, Vyman was saying, "Oh yeah, I want to get Grealish's shirt at the end of the game." Mm. You know, just keep that to yourself. You want to get it for your lad. You know, let's not have this. Well, he, he, I mean, he played with him. He played with him at Villa, didn't he? He was coming up through the ranks yeah. when he when he was there. Vyman and Vyman yeah. was there for for a number of years. So I, I I don't I don't think there's any harm in that, David. No. He, he was uh, he was just showing a little. It you know, wasn't a, a story worthy before, of the name, really, was it? I mean, it well, was you're going to get you're going to get those, aren't you? Those stories, yeah. old players coming back to do, to do to do pre match presentations like Sean Goater. There's just a number of stories. If you know, just a load of cannon fire, isn't it? Of no, that's stories. True. That's true. It just is something and nothing. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll stick with uh, you, Mark, but just want to go back to Tom very briefly. That was our only real chance of the second half, the bell header, wasn't it, uh, Tom? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Scott did so well to win it back off Diaz trying to shield her. Good yeah. ball from Vyman. You know, that's, a, that's what we always that's, made that's, that that's what he did, crossing. and that was it. Yeah, but I, I feel concerned. like offensively, that, that is all we, we could do. We were limited to that due to Man City's quality, I felt because they were so good with or without the ball that they force you into either having to go backwards or, you know, just trying to scrap, scrap it in midfield and they force you into mm. a, a physical battle. Um, but that was a fantastic ball from Weimann. It was an unfortunate bell, like Ian said, had overrun the cross a little bit. But the defender, I think it was a Kanji, did very well as well to uh, shield that out. But yeah, I, that second half, it was it was difficult for sure. Yeah, Mark, um, Yeah, it was exhibition football from them for one period, wasn't it? Just the way they were knocking it around. And we weren't, yeah, there was no point in chasing the ball because they just knew where to go all the time. And by that time, Edison uh, was in goal, wasn't he? He'd come on. Edison, is that how you pronounce it? I think it is. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, he'd I come he went, on. He, and it was he, like, he, he was like playing as an extra defender there, wasn't he? You know, because he's very good with his feet. And that's why, oh, correct me if I'm wrong, that's why Pep wasn't a great fan of. Um, who we'll was he goalkeeper? No, the, oh, um, the, uh, oh uh, Joe, Hart. Joe, uh, Joe Hart. Joe Hart, because yeah. he wasn't so good with his feet. I think Ortega went off at half time because he got 
got injured, but they they showed exhibition football, didn't they, Mark? Yeah, and I mean, I said before we went two 0 down to my my uh, mate. I mean, it's, it, it it tires you out mentally and physically if you're chasing the ball, and obviously you've got to be aware of where players are because they pass and move the ball so well. I mean, we lose the ball in the middle of the pitch. It's like driving the wrong way down a one way street. You've got all this traffic just coming straight at you yeah. because their yeah. first their first uh, 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 is press and then go as go as a three or a four and they're they're, they're gone go they, they just yeah but yeah the part some of their passing was great in the second half but you've got to expect that but you've got to be very diligent i mean most of our players are going to be have a crick in their neck looking over their shoulders because that's what they were doing yeah. most of last night i thought it was a shame tanner had to go off he's come up against foden before when he was at manchester united academy tanner i think he lost then it was a shame Mark Sykes had to be there. He did some good tidying up in defence, yeah. but it completely nullified any attacking instinct that he had. Yeah. And Would you have taken a risk on bringing uh, Kane Wilson on or not really? Do you think he was just no, on the bench? No, no, not really. I mean, I was, surprised yeah. he, he, right. I was surprised he was on the bench, really. But yeah. we just didn't get a chance to play out. And then when you do, you've got to make the most of it. It's got to be precise. And that was the problem. We just didn't... Yeah. Didn't get a, we didn't play out very well. Ian, we're in the game at 1-0. You're always in the game. But, you know, I'll call it the crucial goal. De Bruyne, Aki, Alvarez, Foden, you know, that was as good as it gets from a passing move and game over. Would you agree? How did you see that goal? And it's been given to Foden, but uh, I think Zach Viner is probably grateful for that because he wasn't at his best last night, was he? Well, he just described it. Yeah, that's right. So no, I can't I'm asking really... for your opinion. I'm asking my, for your... Well, my opinion was his own goal by Zach Viner. What, you uh, think so it would that, have gone that past was... the far post? Well, that, that, was, that ball was going wide, and I don't know why he went for it. I don't know why he went for it with his left foot. He was under no pressure at all. Um, and he, he just stuck his left leg out, to obviously to try and block the shot. Mm. And, and he, he gave O'Leary no chance. So I don't know. I mean... He was, uh, Zach was not like his this season self. He was like his last season self last night. He, I mean, he dropped George Tanner right in it with a few short passes uh, early on. And then he went for that. He decided to play the ball out and went for that mazy dribble, trying to take on three of them and lost the ball and got turned over. Mm. So um, he, he didn't have a great night last night, Zach. But, um, you know, he's pulled us out the pulled us out the mire and saved us on enough times this season. So he's allowed that, isn't he? He's got enough, he's got enough credit in the bank, haven't he? Because you know, as you say, he's not going to come against them every week, and he's been he's been a feature of the unbeaten run, hasn't he? Yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah. Zach's Zach's been a major major feature. I mean, and we when I say we're we're two injuries away from a crisis, you know that those injuries would be to what Callas and Viner. So we've got to keep them fit for the next 13 league games. That's, that's absolutely vital. Yeah. Um, Tom, the, the a classy, I would say, well, yeah, they're all good goals, really, for them. I thought the second, because of the deflection, was a bit scruffy. But uh, nine minutes ago, Grealish is on the field uh, by then, um, sets up De Bruyne. Uh, you know, that's what he does, isn't it, really, from a distance, 25 yards, I think it would be true to say. Yeah, vintage De Bruyne. That is what you see him doing match of the day, particularly in years gone by. And he's one of the few players, like my dad said to me, he turned and said to me after the game, 
he's one of the few players that can hit the ball as well as he does on the full sprint when dribbling mm. and hit it with the accuracy and the curl. It left Max with no chance, really. Um, I mean, what a fantastic finish that was. And second half, he really grew into the game because first half, in truth, I was slightly, I wouldn't say underwhelmed, but I expected more from him. The second half, he really turned it on. And he showed, you know, his class and that goal really summarised his second half performance for me. Yeah, yeah. Mark, the goal, the, the, the two goals for them. I mean, did, did 3-0 flatter them? Yeah, possibly. But it's what you get when you've been, been chasing the ball. It's the last the last quarter of the game. You, you'll find that they'll get a couple of goals to put a gloss on a performance. Um, that's what I feared, and that's what happened. Uh, we we just didn't pick up uh, De Bruyne, and he runs into about he acres of space. It was a brilliant finish, but he had so much pitch in front of him, and that's the way to hit a football: left foot, right foot. He can he can do it. I mean, what on what an excellent excellent player. He's thirty one years old. He's thirty two this year. Is he thirty one? God, yeah, he's thirty one. Yeah, he's thirty. He's thirty. He's thirty one. Uh, you know what 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 an athlete, what an athlete. And he never stopped running all night, left to right, just picking up those balls, waiting for the runs, playing a playing a pass. But you know, a, a great example to to our players watching a player like that. Uh, perform. It was a pleasure to watch to watch him last night. But yeah, just an example of a tired team not picking him up, and he had too much time. But the finish was terrific. Max had no chance. The pace beat him. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Ian, uh, Man City showed us a lot of respect last night, and Pep was uh, complimentary both pre-match and afterwards. I mean, it just shows the gap. Though that on the bench they had three hundred and forty million quid's worth of talent, and uh, you know they but the the side they put out was you know was fine, but then the players that they were able to bring in, you know, and Grealish was on there. Uh, they didn't give uh, they didn't give uh, Harland um, a, a run out, did they? But uh, I suppose we had to be thankful for that, yeah. Well, he played with a, a, a full-strength team because Man City have probably got two or three full-strength teams. Yeah, the, the only player you can honestly say would have been in, in their starting eleven, let's say they were playing Man United in a cup final, would have probably been Haaland and he'd have probably had Rodri in the midfield as well instead of Phillips. Yeah. But Phillips cost him 50 mil. I know. So, I know. I just didn't the other names. Gundogan, Walker... Harlan, Grealish, Rodri, Gomez, Edison, and Perot. Okay, Ian, um, we got 13 games to go in the league. The league run, uh, unbeaten in the league, is, is nine. That's intact. If we're going to lose, I'd, I'd sooner win the next three games than beating Man City, to be honest. But, um, you know, if we play like that, 13 games to go, are we capable of winning eight of those games, which would make the last day of the season or the last couple of weeks of the season interesting or is that a step too far? I'm not mentioning the word PO, playoffs but you know we're on a bit of a roll at the moment and we've shown what we can do, yeah? Well I think it depends on several things Dave the first thing is injuries like I say we're, we're, we're two injuries away from a crisis in defence so you you have to keep Basically, you have to keep everyone fit and get the players back who are currently not fit. So if, if you look last night, our first team squad was down to 15 
with the cup tied players and the players injured. So that's why you had a, a, a you know all the kids on the bench. So that's what we need to do. We need to get the players back. So Naismith, Conway. We know we're not going to get Atkinson and Benaroos back until um, next season. Mm. Um, so we need to get get those two particularly back playing. Um, and a lot of it is is then ifs, buts, and maybes. You know, we know we've got a couple of two game suspensions coming up for midfield players. Hopefully. Williams and Scott don't both get suspended at the same time. Yeah. So yeah. there's you, you when you look at well, what can we do over the next thirteen games? You'd have to say, well, assuming, and you'd have to make loads of assumptions. Assuming, I know, I know. Scott and Williams don't get suspended for the same game, and assuming that Viner and Callas don't get injured, and assuming you know, and and you you, you just go around the big circle and disappear up your own backside trying to think about it. Yeah. So. From my view, play the next game, win it, get to that magic 53-point mark. I, I think, to be honest, looking at the table, and we're, we're effectively 14 points clear of the relegation zone now. Yeah, yeah. So unless we screw things up massively, we'll still, at, at the very worst, be in this division next yeah. season, which two months ago I'd have bit your arm off for. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. you know, let's... Let's, Let's be thankful. Take each game as it comes, which is a sense of approach. Well, Tom, no, it's I mean, not a matter of. It's, it's just a matter of if you you can, you know, you start thinking. Well, what if this and what if that and what if the other side does this? Well, you know, don't just yeah. just play the next game, win that, and then play the next win. game and no, try and win, win that. Win, 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 win. I mean, Tom, that you know, it, last night there was a couple of games played, teams on or around where we are. Uh, both games finished uh, as draws and at one stage Millwall were uh, two goals up away at Luton but Luton pegged them back Um, in many respects with the form we're in at the moment and I include last night even though we lost we'd really like the season to have our say 18, 19 games left to make a late run but you know do you could you see us winning 8 out of 13? Uh, in truth, no, um, because for me, the final month of the season is, is so difficult. You've got, we've still got Bava, uh, Chef you and Burnley Watford. to play. And Watford. Um, and Watford. So, mm. and Luton. So, you'd look at that and go, right. For me, we take every game as it comes. We've got, yeah. you've, you've got a favourable next three games. Um, and... Look, Cardiff's a, a huge game because I would absolutely hate to lose this unbeaten run to Cardiff. Yeah. Uh, who have picked up a bit of... They're starting to, under uh, Lamucci, they, they're looking a little bit better. Yeah. And I would absolutely hate. So, for me, we take it every game. We reset now. Like I say, the Man City game, for me, was a free hit. Uh, no matter the, the scoreline. we got Mometti. we got Mometti to come back against Cardiff, back. haven't we? Yeah. I think against Man City, you could see what a difference Ameti is for us. He, he that bit of creativity, he creates something out of nothing, and um, I think we rely on him quite a lot now. That like we've seen him only in three or four games, but we see what an impact he has. So focus on Cardiff. We win at Cardiff, then you look again, and it's all about the next game, the next game. You don't get ahead of yourself and go no. right. We need to get playoffs. We need to get playoffs because that was realistically not 
not the target two months ago. The target two months ago was, was survival. Out, right? Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a luxury yeah. we're now talking about. Absolutely right. Yeah, Mark, uh, it's interesting. You know, we've got deadly rivals coming up on Saturday. Uh, I won't call it a resurgent Cardiff under Lamucci, but you know, you wouldn't want to lose the unbeaten league run to Cardiff. You wouldn't want to lose the unbeaten league run to Neil Warnock because it's Huddersfield up next after that. And, you, you know, you wouldn't want to lose the unbeaten run to Mick McCarthy, would you? You know, those those are the three games that are coming up, you know. And uh, on form, you'd want us to be picking up minimum six points, really, wouldn't you, from those three games? I want us to be picking up minimum seven, possibly nine. Those, they're, they're, poor, they're poor teams, David. If we want to make a statement of intent, we beat them. We won't need 53 points to, to stay up. It, 49 to 50 will be, will be more yeah. enough. But we put that to the back of our minds. I want to see us getting 60 to 65 points. No chance of the playoffs. But we've really got to, uh, we've really got to build uh, from where we are and try and finish in, in, the, in the top 10 to make a statement of intent. I mean, we're going to go backwards next season because we're going to lose Alex Scott, I think. I mean, I know it's a horrible thing to say. Football's not sentimental. It's about economics and we're going to get a bid, probably a, a one to our liking because we should have been seeing the prices going up last night, not the team is going up because, it, it you know, he's... Yeah. Uh, but he needs to do a little bit more, but him and Mehmeti, but we need to have more shots on goal seven shots on goal with one on target every game you can't win games you're it's not, not going to win games well you're not going to win many games no. one nil are you we're not arsenal no, no. under under george graham we've got to do better in that final third yeah. and we will beat those three teams we will put two good games we got to up. look if we well, did both away that suits us playing as a know, attacking if did, team if we us. did we've only got one home game in march bizarrely but then there's an international break weekend and that's an early game isn't it 12 30 well. kickoff on sky it is against blackpool on saturday week but um you know, look, we are where we are, uh, oft-used phrase. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Ian, I heard Brian Tinian interviewed afterwards and he was talking about the new crop that are coming through and he qualified that by saying the 16-year-olds, because Jeff said they're better than what we've got. He said there's some very good ones coming through. Then he asked him, obviously not naming names, but he said you must have a lot of recruitment activity uh, plan. And he said, yes, we have probably three players. So they've identified those targets. And he said, maybe four. Now, is it that those three, or would you say that's individual players or positions? Because if Scott goes, then we're in a different market, aren't we? Yes? Still there, Ian? Sorry, Dave, I was on mute. Um yeah. What Steve yeah. Lansdowne said at, at the recent dinner is we're really shopping at Chelsea anymore. No. Um, so, yes, I, I would think, I, looking at the side last night, um, what I think is it depends how um, Hyken's doing, the goalkeeper, mm. uh, because he's only on a short-term contract. Um, I don't think he's been playing brilliantly. And you've got to remember, we've got... Uh, Stefan Bajic to come back as potentially your your number two after half a season out on loan in France and he should come back fit and match fit as well. So uh, depending on that lineup, we we probably won't need another goalkeeper. Uh, with Atkinson not back until October, if Thomas Callas leaves, we need two possibly three centre backs. Yeah, um, we we need I think a couple of midfield players. 
and I still think we need a nine um, because we haven't got a nine. We've got lots lots of the bloke that plays next to the nine. Um, but I don't. When I say a nine, I don't just mean a head on a stick. Um, I want someone who can who can play in link play. Someone like we wouldn't get him because it'd be too much money. But somebody like Goyker is at Coventry. Mm. I think would suit us down to the ground because he would earn us. He'd help us keep the ball in in the final third, score goals, uh, off different threat, but also um, the players around him would benefit greatly from having having that nine. What um, about? I talk about a player, and I never saw him play for an unmentionable team uh, that's not a million miles away from Ashton Gate. But he was on loan there last season. Elliot from Anderson. Does he from fit Newcastle? Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you see, if you do a Newcastle... I suppose to tell you what I was saying that. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, you know, you, you've got Alex Scott for all this money. We'll have Anderson for a season, please. And loan us Scott back as well, which is what was mooted. In well, if you, the, if you, there, yeah, I mean, I don't know enough about Anderson to know where he, where he, he'd, he'd play in, like if you like the further back role in central midfield, or whether he's more of a ten. I, you know, perhaps Rovers fans could tell us, but um, yeah, that, that there's all kinds of things you you can do, and and if you look at clubs like Newcastle, they're going to be spending. I don't know. Let's let's make something up. Hundred and fifty to two hundred yeah. million in the summer, um, and yeah. um, with the sort of players that they're looking for. Because if you when you looked at their squad versus Man United uh, in in the cup final, thin. It, it, thin. Their squad was oh, thin, yeah. and it, okay. you know. So yeah, I'm not sure there's lots we can do. If it's three, yeah. possibly four. It depends who leaves, doesn't it? If Callas stays. That means we we need two more centre backs, not not three. That would then give you when Atco's fit. That would then give you five, and you're playing two. <coughs> so it might just be we need two more centre backs. I think but, we probably need two. Ian, to be fair, bearing yeah. in mind that some of the players, i.e., Pring and Tanner, in a worst case scenario, could drop in on either side in an absolute worst case scenario, and that. Absolute worst case scenario. We, we really, that's all right for the odd game, but we that's what I'm to, saying. And that could happen. We don't want to go back we, to playing people no out of position again. Season, if yeah, they well, got we, injured. yeah, we. I mean, we've moved on from playing people out of position. That's one of the reasons our form turned round after the West Brom game. You know, uh, Pearson seemed to have a little bit of a road to Damascus moment. Right, I'm going to play a back four, and I'll play people in their best positions. Yeah. And yeah. and lo and behold, we. We go on this unbeaten twelve-game unbeaten run. So yeah. let's let's keep doing that, eh? That's because that's All good. Right. Okay, chaps, it's been a good one. We're not feeling uh, downhearted. Onward and over the bridge to uh, face the uh, the other horrible team in uh, blue. Are you going across for that one, Tom? Or are you playing this weekend? Uh, back playing this weekend. Unfortunately, I couldn't get tickets in time. Uh, so uh, yeah. uh, my dad's in London as well, so it's a bit gutting. I'd, yeah. I'd love it's... to be there. Yeah, it's available. I think, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong here, it's available uh, for UK viewers on Robin's TV, isn't it, with the 12.30 kickoff? Is that correct? I think I'm right in saying that. I'm not yeah. sure, but I'll be, I'll be, yeah, I'll be watching it from the right. safety of my uh, of my, my office my office in a nice large screen. So uh, yeah. with a yeah. cup of right. chocolate. Guys, guys, everybody that's bothered to listen, some of us have got to get off and uh, do work because we do work for a living in between all of this uh, stuff. But thanks for listening. And uh, an enjoyable uh, evening, uh, despite the result. And uh, thank you again for listening to Forever Bristol City Podcast. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll be back on Saturday. Cheers, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Good luck, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.
What if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy, as happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he stops throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Richard Robbins out, bob, 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 and along. When the red, red robin comes bob, 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 and along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up. Get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy, what if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers, rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours, I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song, when the red, red robin starts bobbing along. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.